Hello, my name is Cesar and this is my podcast, cleverly called The Future Was Yesterday. I invite you to stay with me for a few minutes and decide if the name is clever or just pompous, and if what I have to say is in any way interesting or informative to you. I sincerely believe we are at a crossroads in time. We are living at one of those decisive moments in history when several small factors create a big change and prepare the land for what is to come. Fortunately or unfortunately, those changes for some seem overnight, but with a little bit of information it's possible to notice them as they unfold and let us better prepared again for what is to come. The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it's just a happy little tale, somebody lied. But let me assure you, this is and any other story worth telling is all about a girl. And that girl, in my case, was none other than Carrie Fisher, the Princess Leah. With her big brown eyes, her witty personality, and of course, the bikini. At the age of 10, Princess Leah was my key to a galaxy far, far away where magic and science were almost one. Starships flying at the speed of light, robots and speed bikes started to inhabit my young mind. And a little bit later, a time travel DeLorean and attainable flying cars found a place there as well. At home, thanks to syndication, endless reruns, and lots of miniskirts, I started to follow the adventures of the Enterprise, and it's always cool Captain Kirk. Teletransportation, communication devices, medical scanners, and moreover, space travel, not in a galaxy far, far away, but in ours. Around that time, I discovered comics as well, especially Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, and in that young mind, Besides the spaceships, the flying carts, and the girls with miniskirts or metal bikinis, started to live the idea of the scientist hero, and that I might become one someday. Enter Carl Sagan, and my mind just went big bang. Whoa! And was not only science, but astronomy, ethics, philosophy, and was incredibly beautiful, and so was incredibly disappointing when at 14 had the chance to visit a real life lab and it wasn't like in my dreams. Not even like in the comics or TV. It was so boring. So boring that I changed plans and ended up joining the Navy and studying engineering. But that's a story for another day. And yes, before you ask, also there was a girl involved. Anyway, life continues and I always maintain a soft spot for technology and sci-fi. I eventually discovered Stephen Hawking and later Neil deGrasse, but my mind went to my preteen self when I heard Dr. Michio Kaku for the first time speaking about the future and how science was catching up our childhood's sci-fi, and that was in 2011. I avoided the last Matrix movie. As a fan of the series was a difficult decision, but as a sci-fi fan, it wasn't. 
saying something as I remember this or that as if it was yesterday is a cliché. But in my case, I really remember 1999 as if it was yesterday. Or more or less. I was stationed at the Caribbean, renting a bungalow nearby the beach with my best bros from the academy, partying almost every night. Man, I was living my Top Gun pipe dream. Also a glorious moment for the movie lovers. The Fight Club, The Mummy, Sleepy Hollow, Galaxy Quest of course, The Phantom Menace, I skipped job for this, Bing Jong Malkovich, The Iron Robot, The Thirteenth Floor, The Blair Witch Project, all classics now. And don't forget the reason why we're talking about this. The Matrix. 1999 was a special year in the sense that everyone knew or felt that something was changing, and the fear of that change was reflected in several works such as movies, books, etc. On one hand, the world of old was changing, the fall of the Soviet Union, the infamous end of history, and on the other hand, a new world seems to be forming the European Union, the Internet, and the cell phones. The dream seemed real. But then 9-11, and then Facebook, and then social media, and then the world crisis on 08. The Russian invasion of Crimea in 2014 made us realize that we really didn't change anything. It wasn't the end of history. We just stretched it for some years more like a rubber band. Finally, in 2020, it seems that a bat broke the proverbial rubber band. I was working in the aviation industry at that moment and really hit us hard. Most people understand it wasn't business as always, but not everyone comprehends how deep the effect and the affectations were, we are still suffering the whiplash of the rubber band, the broken supply chain, the inflation and the fall of Russia, and now the energy crisis. One day your grandkids are going to read about this and make you their homework. And in the middle of the craziness, I was fortunate to be living in a civilized country and working for a civilized company that support us during the worst of the period and at one town meeting our director was brave and honest enough to let us know how bad was the situation and humble he asked for ideas how to save the company I lift my hand and started telling him about this new thing I learned while I was under support blockchain Blockchain was, to me, the white rabbit I chased for several months and took me every time deeper into the hole, started to learn about NFTs, DAOs, Web3, startups, VCs and investment rounds, and one day, almost two years after I raised my hand with my big idea, I was talking with Mr. John McElligot. John is the CEO of York Exponential a collaborative robotics company, but also is a futurist that 
often speaks on the impact exponential technology, robotics, and artificial intelligence will have on rural and third-tier cities. And one of the things that John told me that day, same as Carl Sagan when I was a kid, and Michio Kaku later on, blew my mind. The future already happened. The robots, the automation, the AI, all these already exist, already are working, and its impact is starting to be noticed. You are a Web3 guy, he told me. You are telling me about DAOs and play to earn and tokenized communities. All that already happened. Someone somewhere is already using that to work, to do something. This is what is called the fourth industrial revolution. And we all know how it was with the other three. So now the job we have ahead is to make things right. We have for the first time in history the chance to really make things right. If you don't know what all that means, I will try to explain it to you during these conversations. It's a lot to unpack, but I'll try my best. The important thing to notice now is that the world we grew up, the world we live in before the pandemic is starting to fade, and it will fade faster in some countries than others and even among some communities or sectors before others. We can imagine that fading line like a new frontier, a time-space frontier that is moving in all directions at the same time, slowly but certainly, covering everything on its way. I don't know exactly for how long this frontier will be, a place to conquer or a place to live, but something is sure, the last people to settle there might not have the best pieces of land or the most lucrative business there. At the same time, one should be aware that now that frontier is the old wild west. As I mentioned earlier, Michio Kaku 10 years ago was showing the tech that could make sci-fi real, and John McElligot told me some of it become true, and we need to prepare and catch up. Some of these technologies, such as automation, machine learning, blockchain, and working from distance, we're just waiting for the conditions to be favorable, for the users to start demanding them. At the same time, the resistance to change and allowing societies to evolve naturally is causing the last pieces of the old domino to fall. A bad soup did what nothing could do before. It was the butterfly that changed our history. It speed forward for 10 or so years and we are now leaving the effects. And talking about effects, we still haven't mentioned it. what social media has to do with all this. We still have a lot to discuss. By now, you may have understood why the name of the podcast is probably not clever and very much on the nose, and I apologize for that. English is not my first language, as you may have noticed, and I'm not as smart as I'd like to be. But that's why I'm trying to learn and understand new things, at least a little bit every day. A mentor told me once never to be the smartest person in the room. And that's partially why I'm doing this podcast, because I know you are smarter than me. And you will tell me when I'm wrong, and you may help me when I'm onto something, because two heads think better than one.
The other reason why I'm making this podcast is that I may know something about the future that could help you make your or your loved one's lives a bit better, and I'd love that the technology is giving me the chance to share it with you. But please, don't misunderstand me. I'm not a proverbial white savior. I'm not a savior, neither I'm white. I'm just a guy that is starting to understand the importance of time. And I really want to save you some time and to have an edge when things start to move faster. Paraphrasing Batman, help one. Get in, get out, help one. That's all I ask, just help one person. One thing about the future is that responsibility is going to play a big part in our lives, more than ever. We wanted for so long to be free that we are about to be. But with freedom comes responsibility, Uncle Ben will say. That's nothing, you may say, as probably you flew off the nest some years ago and have your life squared. But that's the thing, most of our plans and preparations were for a future that just happened. We reached the end of time, at least according to our old understanding of things. As I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, I didn't go to watch the new Matrix movie because it made no sense. If time already stops for those people, they could have only two options. Repeating the loop with a new generation, stretching the rubber because for them the rubber is new, or breaking the rubber by some sufficient important character. But it's just silly to put your faith on one person. Or maybe the rubber was broken by an act of God, like a global pandemic. And the only thing to do is leap forward and try to make lemonade with the falling lemons. I'm sorry again for the analogies, and please let me know in the comments if they are too stupid, but I'll go again with this one. The aforementioned New Frontier is not static. There are forces with lots of power, lots of influence and lots of money that are pulling and pushing to move it in specific directions. But if there's a lesson to learn about something as surreal as the GameStop story is that organized and sufficiently educated people really have the power to overcome all the powers to be. I just finished an incubator about a metaverse project on Web3, but I'm not going to bore you now with that. We'll have plenty of time to talk about Project Saule in the future. What I want to tell you is that I'm at the starting point of a journey, and I'd love if you could come with me and maybe figure this out together. I want to thank you for being with me and listening to what I have to say. You are the only difference between me being Grandpa Simpson, yelling to the clouds, or actually giving you my two cents of value. My name is Cesars, and this was The Future Was Yesterday. Have a wonderful day, and please let me know in the comments if the podcast name is clever or just pompous. Or let me know whatever you want to tell me. See you next time.